This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. All right, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. I'm sorry, folks, it's not a victory party today. Patrick Allen, we got the whole gang here. Adam Best, Matt Verderam, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes. We're all going to take a deep breath. We've got feelings. We've got beer. Um, and uh, if you if you haven't already drank a bottle of Clorox, we're going to try to talk you through this atrocious, atrocious Kansas City Chiefs loss. Uh, before we get started, a little business. If you could do us a favor and hit the thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, let's get more Chiefs fans in here because uh, there's going to be a lot of cursing. And I want to see how inventive you guys are with your curses. All right, um, fellas, let's just kick it off really quickly. I want each of you to give me one word to describe today's game. We'll start with you, Adam Best. Avoidable. Interesting. Okay. All right. Matt Connor. Head scratcher. Is that, it's a hyphenated word, I guess. I could, well, I'll allow it. Sterling Holmes. Ass. <laughs> and I know you're really upset that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't put two scoops in there. Next time I'll do, I'll three do three. Scoops. That three was words. a three scooper. <laughs> and uh, Matt Verderam. Embarrassing. I agree with that. Very good one. I will go ahead and just say it. Disaster. Um, we're going to get into it. Let us know what you think. What's your one word word to describe what just happened to the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, before we get to that, though, this podcast is, thank God, brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. I'm, I'm pounding a, a, a Pills Light right now, which my guy Sterling Holmes turned me on to. I said it's great out on the golf course. I agree. I can't golf, but I can drink after Chiefs games. It's fantastic. They're our friends. They're at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. Give them a shout. They're the biggest independent brewery in Kansas City. They focus on German beer styles. They're fantastic. I know I, I saw them on Twitter. They were going through it just like we were today. But do us a favor. Give them a shout right now. Just right now. Just do us a favor. You're watching the show. It's free at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. Let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast and dare to be different. Speaking of different, this is a different feeling that we're, we're uh, having right now as Chiefs fans following that absolute debacle that happened with the Colts. So let's just get right into it. And I know what everyone is waiting for, which is Matt Verderam's take on this. So let's just kick off our first segment, the Verderant. Matt, this stage is yours. Awesome. Right, you guys want the good news or the bad news first? Uh, let's, let's, let's do the bad news. Okay. The bad news is this is not a fluke offensively. Because for two weeks in a row now, they've looked like dog shit. And they look like that because they're not blocking. But part of the reason that they're not blocking is because they're not running the ball. Okay? They're not running the ball at all with any kind of success. Take Mahomes out of the game, who, by the way, led the, the team in rushing. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had seven carries today for zero yards. Somehow with a touchdown, but for zero yards. Isaiah Pacheco, who everybody had as Walter Payton in the offseason, had three carries for nine yards. And Jared McKinnon had seven carries for 20 yards. Okay? All told... 
That's 19 carries that were not by Mahomes. Burton also had one, so did Kelsey. All right. If your offensive line is struggling in the game, you then need to find a way to make life easier on them. And this is where I get into the coaching of this game. Okay. You're not getting blitzed. The Chargers blitzed you last week. So by that, by by happenstance, you have to go to some some hot reads and whatnot. They kind of can dictate what you're going to do. The Colts are not dictating anything in this game. If you watch Jacksonville last week whip the Colts up and down the field for four quarters, then you know that short passes underneath are going to be open. The screen game is going to be open. And to me, the most enlightening play of that game happened on the first drive of the third quarter. The Chiefs were up 14 to 10, despite how badly they were playing. They have the ball. Okay, I believe it was second and, and medium, like second and five, something like that. Okay, it's, and and so the Chiefs come out. In fact, I'll pull it up right now in front of me. So they have a second and fourth around thirty-seven, and they throw a screen to Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and he picks up sixteen yards. Gets over midfield, first down. They're moving, and guess what? They never ran a single screen the rest of the game. Not a bubble screen. Not a screen to a back. The Colts had nobody other than one guy there to defend that play, and they played the same way the whole game. And the Chiefs refused to take free yards in front of them. And to me, at some point, that is on the coach. Like you need, I don't care. And people say be enemy. Look, fuck that. Reed runs the offense. Reed is the epicenter of what they do offensively. Okay. EB has has a hand in it. He does not have control of that offense. Andy Reed does. Okay. And everybody in that building knows it. And that, by the way, that includes Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reed runs that offense. How do you go into a game where your pass rush? where the opposing pass rush is creating a little bit of a problem in the game, and all you do is five- and seven-step drops, and the ball is just down the field. Take an eight-yard completion occasionally. Throw a ball into the flat. Where's Clyde on an angle route? Where's Fortson ever when they're not at the two-yard line? By the way, Justin Watson, he passed away. Is he is he allowed to play an offensive snap of football? Where is Sky Moore on offense? Like We'll get to him on special teams. Where is him? Where is he on offense? Because for all their failings today, I thought the biggest one outside of the special teams, which is next on the on the list here, was their coaching. Their coaching was atrocious, and now I'm married the two of them. Why the hell are you running a fake field goal with Tommy Townsend throwing a ball to Noah Gray that if Noah Gray caught, he would have been dropped ten yards before he hit the first down marker? If you're going to go for it, keep your fucking quarterback on the field. You have Patrick Mahomes. Enough of this crap where they've always got to be cute and it's always got to be a magic show. They've always got to outsmart these. Do you think if you asked the Colts, what would you rather see on fourth and seven? Tommy Townsend rolling left or Patrick Mahomes? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And by the way, if they're that uncomfortable with Matt Amendola kicking a, a short field goal, why is he the backup kicker? Why is he even on the field? Why is someone else not the kicker? I mean, if, if, that's, if you're that unnerved by him missing an extra point to start the game, why is he the kicker on this team right now? You've got a million options. And by the way, Amendola was the worst kicker in football last season. He didn't hit 70% of his kicks. Okay? So they knew coming into this that he can't kick. He was good in the Chargers game. Fair, fair is fair. But then the coaching again. By the way, the special teams. We can, we can crush Sky more all we want. That's fine. We have seen this out of every returner under the Chiefs uh, with Dave Tobe. And I like Tobe a lot. But how many times do they field punts inside the 10-yard line? They do it all the time. It is lazy. It is not coached properly. Every team in the league tells guys you stick your heels on the 10-yard line and don't you dare take a step back. And the Chiefs do this all the time. Then he muffs a punt. Then, by the way, Pacheco 
runs a kickoff out of his own end zone, stumbles over his own two feet, fumbles, picks it up, and gets thrown down the 11-yard line. Like That may seem like a small thing. That's 14 yards in a game where you can't move the ball. So it's special teams. It's offense. Mahomes was not good today either. Okay, he missed throws. Even the big one to Smith-Schuster was behind him. It was a great catch by Smith-Schuster. Kelsey dropped the touchdown. He missed a wide-open touchdown to MVS the first drive of the game. That should have been six. At bare minimum, it should have been a 40 or 50-yard play. So for me, all that was garbage. It's correctable, but it's all garbage. And they're going to play a Tampa team next week. If the Chiefs don't correct this, they're going to score three points. The good news is the defense looks great. That is the good news of this game. And that sounds like a little bit of like a addendum on the end of this, like it doesn't matter because the rest of it sucked. I don't feel that way at all. Their offense, as much as it stinks right now, I think we'll figure it out. It may take them a month, but they'll figure this out. They're too talented not to figure this out. Both the line, the quarterback, all of it. The defense is kicking everybody's ass right now, which I do think is much more important here as we go down the stretch of the year. I mean, you look at the box score of this game, it's impossible to figure out how the Chiefs lost looking at it from the defensive side of the ball. Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries for 71 yards. The Colts had 3.8 yards per play. They were 6 of 15 on third down. I I mean, the the Chiefs did – they forced a turnover. They essentially set up both touchdowns on defense, right, the turnover and the turnover on downs. Kansas City did everything on defense except for one penalty that killed them at the end of the game. But for everybody who wants to blame Chris Jones, don't look fine. You want to kill him for that, kill him. It's a horrible penalty to take. Their defense was the – only reason they were even in that game all afternoon. And they were let down by the rest of that crap show on the sideline, on teams, and on offense. And we're going to talk about the defense. Fantastic Verdurant. I know that that was all building up in you uh, since <laughs> since the probably about halftime. So I'm glad you were able to get it all out. As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say, nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver. And let me be honest, I was skeptical. Again, I I loved my old driver. I had uh, another very popular big name brand. I love my driver. But they brought me in to to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was, I don't know, 7 to 10 yards longer. The dispersion was better. And the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer. It feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The the ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver, going from a 10.5-degree driver down to a 9. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It, it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away by the PXG Black Ops driver. PXG made me a believer. They'll do the same for every golfer in Kansas City. Visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at PXG Kansas City. Uh, That is 7517 West 119th Street in Overland Park. Get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free. That's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting. 
pxg.com slash arrowhead. Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we, we're going to get to, I, I want to hear from Adam. I want to hear from Matt Connor, but I promised I had this idea. We knew we were going to have the Vertorant. We knew it wasn't going to be pretty. We've got Sterling Holmes, our eternal optimist. He's rocking the Arrowhead Addict podcast, Adidas golf hat, which you can get in our store. He's got the, and I'm, I'm so like, listen, guys, I'm really proud. I, Vertorant, and then this, this segment is called the Sterling Silver Lining. Give it to us, buddy. First off, I'm not an eternal optimist, but I am a realist. And you're about to hear the voice of reason for a dude drinking martinis out of a pint glass. So buckle up. Aren't you glad it's now instead of later in the season? The Chiefs do this one to two times every single season. They lose to a team they should not lose to. For some reason, it's the AFC South. It's always a team that gets them. The Colts, the Titans, it happens. If you actually saw what I did in the preseason, I had the Chiefs losing to the Colts. And this is why they struggle against the AFC South. Get it done now. Get that horrible loss out of the way early on. And by the way, it's a backup kicker. That's the reason the Chiefs lost. If Bucker's in the game, that's seven points. They don't miss that extra point. They don't miss that field goal. Bucker, they trust to kick a 42-yarder instead of having Tommy Townsend roll out and try and throw a bomb. There's seven points. The reason why the Colts scored that first touchdown, Sky Moore. Yeah, it happened. I'm with you. It was a horrendous decision. How often does that happen going forward? Okay, doesn't happen very often. By the way, how often does Travis Kelsey drop wide open balls in the end zone? How often? Is Travis Kelsey typically stone hands? No. Does Mahomes typically overthrow receivers every single game like MVS? Mahomes was bad. There's no skating around this. He was not good. Was he the main issue? Uh, You can make a case for it. But how often does he play this poorly? Or Leonard Brown Jr. was a turnstile. That guy was horrendous. If you want a silver lining there, you're not getting that from me. That was the worst game of his career. If you only paid like a top left tackle in football, this is not the performance you go about doing. You were not good against the Chargers, against top competition. You looked, you made it Ngakwe, who's been on what, fourth team now, who's like 33, look like a, you know, all pro player. Sorry, there's no silver line for Orlando Brown Jr. But from the end of the end of the day, Eric B. take right there. This is what happened. The superstars for the Chiefs let them down. It wasn't just special teams. It was the superstars. How often in a season does that happen? I'm not trying to be a Chargers fan right now, trying to find a silver lining in a loss. That's stupid. The Chiefs lost. They're 2-1, right? They lost a game. They should have won. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, yeah, we can take some positives from this. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to feed you bullshit. What I'm trying to do is this is a long season. If you thought the Chiefs were going undefeated, you were wrong. This is not going to happen. This happens in a given year. A team who was supposed to win chokes, plays a bad game. 
the Bills, lost to Miami. Tampa Bay scored 12 points. Bad. Fucking the Chargers got steamrolled by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay? This happens. Am I pissed? Yes. Am I going to say the Chiefs are doomed? No. Verderim, you yourself, just a few days ago, said the Chiefs and Bills are the top two teams by far in the NFL. I agreed with you. This one game should not change that viewpoint. It, it doesn't. Okay? Long term, it doesn't because I think they're very good defensively, and I do think they'll figure this out on offense. But I got to be honest. Like, I, I, I do disagree with one por- portion of this. You're right. Like, nobody expects them to go 17-0. And if you do, you're delusional. That's a horrible fucking loss. And if you win that sure. game, and I, know, and I know you're not saying it's not. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it. But what I'm saying is there are games that you lose, and, like, you can, you can go, all right, you know what? That team's really good. We didn't play particularly. Whatever. The Colts are a disaster. The Colts are every bit as bad as we thought they were. Didn't you have them winning the AFC South to start yes, the season? Did 100%. you? Oh, I did too, right? But but but, but that. But, but, what did they start last year? What did they start last year? They were like one and four or something. They were oh, yeah one and four but oh and three or something. Again, season. that's irrelevant. They suck. We're wrong about them. By the way, they're not winning that division. Jacksonville's going to steamroll their ass twice. Agreed. Okay, agree. Indianapolis, they're not good. Indianapolis sucks. Like that game had nothing to do about the Colts to me. That game was lost because the Chiefs couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag for four quarters. Correct. Okay? But how often does that happen, Verdurant? How often not a lot, do we see again? That? And again, it's that's why well, you and I, you and I are on the same page long term. They're going to be fine long term. But that's a horrible loss that could have implications down the road. Now, it's also got to be said before we get too far down the road here. Okay. They are also very fortunate today. The Raiders lost again. The Chargers look atrocious. Bose is now hurt. Slater just left the locker room in a sling, okay, with a biceps injury. They got roundhoused by Jacksonville. Herbert did not look like Herbert. So you got all that going. Denver plays tonight. We'll see what happens. The Bills lost. The Bengals are one and two. If there's any silver lining saving grace out of all this, it's that the Chiefs were bailed out by the rest of this division. And all, all of us, let's be honest, thought it was going to be a great division. This is not a great division. The Raiders stink. The Chargers look like the Chargers from every year of the last 10 years. And the Broncos have a coach who I'm pretty sure could be outcoached by a 10-year-old on Madden. So the Chiefs, like, not all is lost. I don't want to paint it like that. But they, I just, the one thing that concerns me going forward is how many times have we seen games like this out of the coaching staff? Like, what is the identity of this offense? What are you doing? What are you doing? It feels like there's no plan. It's just like, I don't know, second and eight, I, I run it deep over. Third and seven, I don't know. Maybe we run a, a play short of the sticks and hope the guy reaches for it. Like, you've got to have a plan. And it feels like they have the same plan they've had all these years where it's just like Mahomes is going to take a five to seven step drop and be Houdini and just make a play. You don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. You don't have healthy Sammy Watkins. You need to play differently. You cannot play like this. You will get killed. And they played a team today that, let's be honest, they should have boat raced. They should have beat that team by 20 points today. But they didn't do it because they couldn't execute. And that and, and and the special teams, look, they they basically were taking the Colts on the money line this afternoon. But at some point, you've got to execute on offense. They couldn't do it. Well, uh, to be fair, one, if if this if the Chargers had played this game, they would be painting a mural of that Juju Smith Schuster catch and run well, right? uh, under a bridge somewhere. Um, and there's no such thing as a healthy Sammy Watkins. All right, uh, let's hear from the other guys on the panel. Adam Best, what's wrong with this offense? Well, I think the offensive line, which was mentioned, Orlando Brown got beat on numerous occasions by Yannick Ngakwe. I think Trey Smith had some rough moments. Andrew Wiley, we all know what he is. 
uh, Tooney and Creed were solid, but as a pass blocking unit, the offensive line is leaving a lot to be desired. And today they didn't run block very well either. Uh, Nate Tice from the athletic pointed this out that McKinnon, Pacheco and CEH combined for 17 rushes. They can, they generated one first down between all those rushes just could not get the running game going. But I think the real problem might be these receivers can't separate. They can't get open. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing McCole Hardman uh, just does not understand the, the nuances of the receiver position. I'll get to, I'll get to more on that later, but uh, MVS didn't look particularly good. Maybe things would be different if Mahomes nails him on that deep ball where it looked like he had a step. Uh, even on Juju's completion, the big 50-yard completion against Stephon Gilmore, he wasn't really open. You know, that was yeah. that was just kind of something that got sidearmed in there, and Juju made a good play, and Gilmore fell down. But that's what it looks like to me. It looks like the offense now. Also, the play calling has been rocky, uh, yeah. and Verderam is astute to point that out. So when you have an offensive line that is underperforming, a receiving core that isn't pulling its weight, isn't getting open. I have no clue why Sky Moore with his, with his release moves and his ability to separate and get open isn't on the field, you know, put, we know McCall Hardman, if there's one thing he can do is return punts. Why not have him return punts and have Sky Moore running some routes. He couldn't do any worse. Hey, he couldn't do any worse than one, one reception for two yards. Which is what McColl did today. He's got a. He did have a bum heel in this game. We don't know the extent of that. Um, he was limping after that sweep, but he but, hasn't had a bum heel for four years. That's, that's also, also, you know, but has a bum heel. Then why the fuck is he playing? Right. You have right. a million other receivers. Yeah. Like this goes back again. I I, I swear I could do an hour of this. But this goes back to a coaching issue. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like I, it's impossible to coach this team as poorly as they do sometimes. You have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and say, look, we can kill the offensive line all we want. How many teams would trade their offensive line for the talent on the Chiefs' offensive line? 28, 29, 30? I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, how can you not coach the offense better than this? No screens, no quick game. How many times did the Chiefs run a pass, a pass pattern that was the number one read in the play where it was designed to go between 7 and 10 yards? I count on one hand. They never do it. I, I, I swear this will be the most controversial take I ever had about them, and I've had it before, and I still have it because I firmly believe this. I think there are times with their offensive coaching staff that if it's not fun, they don't want to do it. Even if they know, like, it'll succeed and it'll work and we can go underneath and it's gains a seven and it's gains a nine, they don't want to do it because it's not, it's not a magic show. It's not just bells and whistles and fireworks going off. And I think, and I will say, I do think Mahomes is, is guilty of that as, at times as well. Like, yeah. take the yardage. Move the ball. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big money at you know, that drive to start the third quarter, They, I will firmly say, if they score a touchdown there, they win the game. The Colts were deader than hell. It took half the quarter off the clock. The Chiefs are down there. I want to make sure I'm right with this. I want to see where they had the first and goal, because I believe they were down there pretty easily. So the Chiefs had first and goal at the three-yard line. Now, I don't have a problem with the play calling down here, okay? This is when they run with McKinnon up the gut. He gets up at the one and a half. Pacheco has no gain. And then they throw to Kelsey, which, by the way, I'm not a big like complain about the officiating. That should have been pass interference on Kenny Moore. Now, I think the reason it wasn't called is Kelsey basically looked like he was in a coma and didn't try to fight through it. If he tries to fight through it, I think there's about three flags on the field. Still should have been a penalty. They kicked the field goal. Then they hold him to a field goal. And then this is, to me, where the game flips. The Chiefs get the ball. They drive right back down the field. Okay, they're moving. This is actually they finally get some rhythm. They get a pass to twenty for uh, a pass of twenty to Kelsey. Get him over midfield, or actually, excuse me, you get to the thirty-eight yard line. Then they go over midfield with a pass to Noah Gray for twenty-six yards. Then they get to MVS for nine. Now you're sitting there. It's first and ten at the Colts twenty-three yard line. Starts fourth quarter. You're up seventeen to thirteen. You at minimum right now at that position. If you don't take a penalty, which they didn't, okay, or you take or you turn the ball over. This should at minimum be three points. I don't give a shit who your kicker is. This should be three points. The Chiefs then proceed, lose one on, on, a, on a carry to McKinnon. Okay, fine. Mahomes throws an incomplete pass to the right. I believe that was the one where, where – actually, excuse me, no. The third down play was the one to Watson where Watson Dove couldn't come up with it. Okay, Mahomes is being grabbed by the ankle. And then that's on fourth and 11 on a 41-yard attempt where they fake a field goal and have no chance of picking it up. And by the way, that's the drive – that was started by Isaiah Pacheco fumbling the ball and falling on his own 11-yard line. If he doesn't do that, logic dictates they would have been 11 yards closer and it would have been a 31-yard field goal. But it wasn't. They could not have been worse in this game. But to me, it's the offensive execution and it's the way they're managing this offense. And then you can get into special teams, which is a disaster all day. But even with it, if the offense does anything, they win. I want to hear from Matt Connor here, who has patiently waited his turn. The editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Attic, who... If you want to know what Matt Connor thinks, listen to this podcast. Check out the Tuesday show. But of course, make sure you're reading arrowheadaddict.com every day. Matt, what's going on over at the website? What's your what's your what are your thoughts on this game? Hey, look, I think you all are missing like serious points in the middle. You know, I I not giving credit to the Colts for being like I think all of you have like I think a lot of people have taken like an etch a sketch after the Colts' first two games shook it like Chris Ballard doesn't have a deep roster there, like or or that the Colts don't know what's going on. And then, you know, like they're supposed to be some 0-16 team. I think the Colts deserve a little bit of credit here. 
uh, Quiddy Pay is a good pass rusher. Ngakwe, who Holmes said can't get a sack and is like in his 30s, is actually 27 and had 10 sacks last year. Uh, DeForest Buckner is a menace in the middle. That defensive line won in the trenches against the Chiefs. That's what happened. So I'm not saying that the Colts didn't lay an egg. This game was clearly a better team against an inferior one, and we saw the gaffes and miscues like be the difference, right? At the same time, though, you know, the Colts have been void of pass catchers, but they had their top two draft picks, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, Jelani Woods, tight end today, caught two touchdowns. Chris Ballard drafted these two guys to go with Michael Pittman. Pittman. They're all healthy for the very first time this year, and they actually made some of the offensive difference when they started to get going. It took the Colts forever to get going, but opportunity knocked, and they answered to their credit on their last drive. They deserve credit for that last drive. So, I, like, I don't, I don't just want to say, hey, we should have steamrolled the Colts by whatever. They deserve no credit. They're no talent. The Colts have more talent, and they showed up here. I just think at the same time, I agree with so much of what's been said. I think the coaching calls are abysmal. I think the, I think the special teams gaps are all that. Like, I just don't want to say Matt Ryan is old and ancient and ruined and the Colts are too one-dimensional. Our defense put a clinic on today, and I was proud of them, in the face of no McDuffie, who's your best corner, and no Gay, who's your most well-rounded linebacker, uh, and Mike Dana. So, like, I think that's great. I just think the Colts deserve more credit than what they've been given, at least today. They were opportunistic at the moments they had to. At the same time, the other thing I just want to say, i got to go to Matt Amendola here. Not since the Chiefs had Scott Pioli and Todd Haley have I seen a disconnect between a GM wanting certain players on the roster, like a quarterback, and then Todd Haley playing Tyler Palco, saying I'm not going to play your guy or whatever was going on back in those days. To like, If you have a guy on the roster and you don't trust him, why is he on the roster? This game, from, from the sideline argument between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes to the front office versus coaching staff's like usage of Matt Amendola or not trusting him, there is some serious distrust or something happening between the guys they're bringing in on the roster and they're not using them or they're not using them in the ways that Mahomes wants to see at the end of the game and going for it. Like there's some disharmony here in leadership for the first time that I think is really kind of boiling up. And, you know, that piece was it in the athletic or something came out last year about, you know, maybe there's something there with, with the enemy, whatever. I don't know what's boiling up here, but I think there's something going on in the water in terms of some sort of leadership, whatever. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not privy to even talk about it, but yeah, those are my thoughts. I think that's all well said. I have one counterpoint. Uh, The Colts suck. That team's winning like five games. They have nobody on that team, man. Like that team is not, I'm sorry. That team's not good. Like I I honestly have games, they're better than five. No, they're not. I mean, I just, I just having a decent up. coach gets them five. Oh my god, man! The only, the only maybe I'll go a little higher is that division. That team's not good. That team. Now I agree with all the other points. So like I do think, look, the Chiefs, the, the Amendola thing. If he's on the roster, then you need to let him kick normal field goals. And if he's on, and, and if you don't believe in him to do that, what are we doing? Like, yeah. then why is he on the roster? It's like if he's got a range issue, like okay, he can't hit from. 45 plus, fine, right? But yeah, from in the 40s, what are you right. doing on an NFL? If Justin team? Reed, if you trust Justin Reed more than Amendola, there you go. There's your answer. Well, if they did, he should have been, he should have been kicking when they needed yeah, points. They should have. Instead of right. <laughs> wait, look, we got a couple, a couple quick super chats to get to our guy, TBT Football, uh, Chiefs Football says, uh, 
Coaching was off. Have to be better in Tampa. You ain't kidding, man. Our guy, Clint McKenzie, appreciate you, man. Very generous. Uh, cheer up, y'all. We're, we were never going to have an undefeated season anyway. As Sterling said, the defense is surprisingly good, and the offense will find its way eventually. Lots more victories to come. Adam Best, will this offense find its way? Because I've got some concerns because a lot of the problems that we saw today were, this, were what they were supposed to be spending the offseason fixing. And yet here we are again with Mahomes dropping back, running around like a chicken with his head cut off and not taking what's there. What do you think? I think it takes time to develop chemistry. So if you think about everyone besides McColl, who is a glorified gadget player, in my opinion, you have Watson's new MVS Juju uh, Sky Moore, who again, for some reason can't see the field. But I think it's going to take some time to develop a rapport for these guys. We've seen numerous times missing MVS on on deep balls dating back to the preseason. So on one hand, it's like, yeah, to develop that kind of chemistry with your receivers, it takes time. This is why Aaron Rodgers notoriously hates playing with with new receivers. Um, On the other hand, the run game just looked hopeless today. And Orlando Brown, his struggles are very troubling. You, know, you start thinking ahead to, are we going to have to let this guy go after trading a, a top draft pick for him and draft a tackle? Because he just looked in over his head today. Something cost him. And yeah, Well, we were really <laughs> counting on this offensive line being dominant. If we're going to take a step back uh, in terms of receivers losing Tyreek, the kind of calculus there was the offensive line needs to be Maybe Philadelphia is the best offensive line in the league, but this offensive line needs to be a top four or five unit. And at times it's looked like one, but today it did not look like one. So they're going to have to play better. The receivers are going to have to, to get open and get on the same page with Mahomes. And I do agree on the screens. Like why is McCall Hardman out there if you're not going to throw screens to him? I mean, that's about all he's good at, right? So I think they're going to have to take some, take some easy wins in this offense and stop looking for the big play. I think they kind of reverted back. And when I say they, I, I, I'm talking about Andy Reid, B enemy and Mahomes. I, I think they, I don't know if it's the fun thing, but it's like, they don't want to do anything easy. They don't want to just hit that, e- that staples easy button, you know, just take yeah. it, just take it, just take the, the six yard pickup. It's they not did it sexy. against the Cardinals. I don't did. Like that. But th- that happened last season too. They, right. they kind of, they have discipline for a while and they get bored, they lose focus, and, and they kind of revert back to those old tendencies that have gotten them in trouble. And I, I think they have to stop doing that. Let me ask you guys a question, because I, I wonder sometimes if we slide into too much groupthink. Obviously, the Chiefs offensive line is talented. We know how good Creed is. You see it on the tape, Trey Smith. But at what point... I mean, we're sitting here and we're like, oh, you know, the, the offensive line is so good. We say it every week. Oh, they're so good. And yet every week we're sitting here and we're like, well, there were some pass protection issues. Oh, well, you know, if they just run the ball. Well, they ran the ball 23 times today and they got jack shit for it. So at what point do we start having the conversation? Is this line a little bit overrated? Because they're not doing it on the field. Do you want to blame the running backs? Do you want to blame the line? The play calling? They ran the ball 23 times. They averaged 2.5 yards. Okay. All right, hold on. But that, that's also like it's misleading for this reason. Okay, Mahomes ran the ball four of those times. So now you're down to 19 times. Burton ran it once. Kelsey ran it once. Your running backs ran the ball 17 times, and they did nothing. Okay, they went for 29 yards. I don't have a problem with saying, look, their running game's not good. But here, to me, sometimes the stats 
I don't want to say they lie. Well, occasionally they do. But in this case, I don't think they do. Um, but they can be a little misleading. Part of the reason that the Chiefs have this issue of running the ball is they're incredibly predictable. The Chiefs come out and they run the same type of game plan. All the time. Like, if you're a team playing the Chiefs, do you have any fear of them trying to come out and establish a running game ever? Of course not. And I think part of that is, look, you have Mahomes, and that's fine. I understand you want to throw the ball a lot. But at the same point, you do need to have some concept of if we're going to try and be a balanced team or a more balanced team than we've been, you need to be able to come up with an identity running the football and stick to it, whether those are stretch zone plays, okay, whether those are gap schemes, whether that's you know between the tackles, whatever you want it to be. You need to have an identity. I think the Chiefs run the ball best when they have guys in motion and they can get teams moving around a little bit before the snap and then they hit those cutback lanes because they're good at it. Okay? But they don't do that a lot. They don't do that enough. So these, you know, for, so if you if you run four plays like that and gain 30 yards, who cares? Like it's not gonna matter, right? Like in the end, like it's not enough of an identity. You watch that Jacksonville and the Chargers game. Okay. The Chargers were without Bosa. It should be noted. Jacksonville took that ball and ran it right down their throat. They lined up. They just went off tackle over and over and over. And they, look, that is the best thing, by the way, about Belichick throughout his whole career. Belichick finds the one thing you don't do well and relentlessly goes after it. And in a game like today, even though this isn't about the run game, what are the Colts not good at defensively? Somebody earlier in the chat said, well, name a player that's not good on the Colts defense. I don't think you can. First of all, yes, I can. Second of all, okay, the Colts, It's when I, like earlier, I was like, they suck. The co- name other than Leonard who didn't play today. Okay, so we're, we're putting him aside. Who are the guys on that team who you'd be like, that guy's a pro bowler? DeForest Buckner. 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 Excellent that's player. Yeah. Buckner and Quentin Nelson. That's it. When you have two pro bowlers in the NFL, your roster, it sucks. Like, I- I'm sorry. That's not a good roster. It's not, look, it's not, it's not Houston because they don't have, like, I will say this for the Colts. They have a bunch of guys who are like solid type players. But that's not an overwhelming roster. And the what about Gilmore? Do, it, what's that? Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Maybe at this point. You want to throw him in there, I'll hear it. But my point is, like, look, when you've got tape of the first two weeks of, of Houston and Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville's very much improved, but they're a lesser offense in Kansas City. Okay. And you've got all this tape that they will give up five yards, eight yards, 10 yards a pass. And every play feels like it's designed to go 20 yards down the field. That's horrible coaching. That's horrible execution where Mahomes, frankly, had had a lot of times where he had nowhere to go with the ball. And he's running around trying to extend plays because they can't get separation, as Adam pointed out. Like, this is a problem, but this is a problem they should have seen coming. You knew this. You you built a team that you knew was going to be a little bit bigger. We spent all season talking about this. This is a bigger group. Fortson, Gray, Juju, MVS. Like, this is a team that is built to give more body blows and play that way and then occasionally hit them over the top. And the Chiefs are playing like this is the 2018 offense. They don't have those guys anymore. They're not built to win that way. Look, I thought Mahomes needed to be better. The special teams were an atrocity. We could spend the whole show talking about them. But to me, your special teams right now comes down to two rookie returners and a kicker who has no business being in the league. Like, your offense needs to pick up the slack and not put them in positions where they're kicking a bunch of field goals against a team like Indianapolis. And I thought today their execution of that on the sideline and on the field was an an abomination. I do have to say to you, Verderam, real quick, Sterling, on the Chiefs running the ball, you you said it was a little misleading because Mahomes ran for four times. Granted, it was misleading on the the number of carries he had because he ran for four times. 
but it, <laughs> you take away Mahomes and his rushing yards. Well, it's worse. I 26. The Chiefs averaged 1.6 yards per carry. 1.7 if you want to be generous and round up. That's horrendous. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely horrendous. Do you think, and I'll throw this to the floor for you guys, I'll get out of the way. Do you guys think that they can't run the ball because they literally can't run the ball or because they make no attempt to actually run the ball consistently? It's when they try and run the ball, they run the exact same play and everyone knows it's coming. That's what it comes down to. And that's what I was going to say is every single second in 10, I honestly go, here's a fucking run up the middle. Every single time, without fail. Second and 10, it's an automatic halfback dive. Why? Everyone knows it's coming. It's just so predictable when they do run. Even if it's only 15 times a game, you know when those 15 times are when they line up. And that's what makes it so frustrating. You mentioned it. Get them in motion. Do some creativity, some cutbacks. You have guys who can do it. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a fine running back. You know, I, I think he has decent vision, even if his burst isn't, you know, fantastic. But Jared McKinnon, he shows some speed. Use him in different ways. Every single running back is built a little different. They excel in certain situations and certain scenarios. Use them and put them in the best spot possible. And that's what I feel like the Chiefs sometimes don't do with play calling. They just go, yeah, he's a running back. Throw him back there. Uh, let's do a halfback dive with Jerick McKinnon on second and 10. It makes zero sense. Why aren't we even talking about the short yardage issues, right? I mean, even in week one, Clyde had two receiving touchdowns at the goal line. Then we get to this game. We got first and goal. Can't like can't get it in. We're like 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 what's going on with why is Ronald Jones inactive weeks one, two, and three when we can't punch it in in weeks one and two? Like how many weeks is that going to take before we see Jones at least trying something different with with the mix up there and uh, to at least be able to punch it in? I mean, if it, it like it's crazy to me how easily we're stuffed at the line when it's like Creed is a pro bowler in waiting. Joe Tooney's one of the, you know, most well-paid guards in, in the game. You know, Trey Smith is the mauler. And it's like, man, we can't maul, we can't even maul forward one yard. Are you are you kidding me? I don't I don't even know what's going on there. Yeah. And is that the running back? Is it the line? Like I and I wanted to ask you guys, Adam, do the Chiefs need to pick a fucking running back? I mean, you look at the distribution in this game. Jarrett McKinnon gets seven carries for 20 yards. Clyde gets seven carries. Then they get their, they get Pacheco in there. He gets three. Now, I, I do think there is something to a running back starting to get into a rhythm. I mean, it's got you get out there and you see what the, you, you know, you see how the holes are opening up. You see how the blocking's going. You get used to the speed of the game. These guys are, they get out there, they get a carry, they get hit, you know, one yard past the line of scrimmage, and they don't get a carry again for two quarters. What do you think? Yeah, they've got one too many cooks in the kitchen, I think. Uh, you see a lot of across the league, a lot of effective two-man platoons. When you get to three or four guys, it doesn't seem to work as well. I, I think, you know, uh, running backs have to kind of develop a feel for the game, get in a rhythm, like you pointed out, and that's not happening. But I do think some of it comes down to talent. We have a long track record of CEH not blowing anybody's hair back. We've got a pretty good track record of Jarek McKinnon having a lot of athletic promise, but never delivering as a you know stud runner or anything like that. And Pacheco, for all his athletic measurables and hype, uh, struggled most of his college career at Rutgers. So it could just be a talent problem. If we think this offensive line is good, if we think this offensive coaching staff has a strong track record over the years, which they do, I think they have some 
they're, they have some, um, some weak spots for sure. But I, I agree with Matt. I would like to see Ronald Jones. I think on those short yarded situations, he has uh, the kind of physical running style that could help alleviate some of this, some of these problems. And also he has uh, pretty good long speed. So I think that could be one potential problem. I mean, solution to this problem. He does run straight ahead. Um, we got another super chat from our guy. Just Daniel. don't ask him to catch or, or probably or, or block. Him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or hold uh, on our guy Daniel says uh, at the beginning of the season, we heard uh, it's the beginning of the season. We heard, we won't know uh, who will be the go-to guy each week in this offense. The chiefs don't know either. I think that's a, a great, um, and that, that comment came a little while ago, but that, that fits into the conversation we were just having. Yeah. Look, I think it's great. Sp- spread the ball around on offense, you know, keep teams guessing all of those things. But at the end of the day, you need somebody that you can go to. And right now, the Chiefs have one guy, one guy on the offense that, that Mahomes knows he can go to with the ball and he'll make a play, and that's Travis Kelsey. And in this game, obviously, that didn't work out. Flapjack City says, uh, appreciate you, man. Can we start using timeouts to leave Mahomes' time on the clock? We just let the Colts run out the clock. I was wondering about that. How do you guys feel about that? Because as I was sitting there, I was like, well, you know, they've got to get a touchdown. You're winning the game. So should you be calling timeouts to preserve time? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. Yeah. I, when there was a minute left and the clock was running, my parents are in town. My dad was sitting there watching the game with me. And we were both just screaming at the television like, what are you doing? Why are – but he's him. He is him. I, I, Andy Reid, if there's one thing he's good for, it is absolute just butchering of the timeout situation in a game-in, game-out basis. Like he just – both Super Bowls were just a master class on how not to manage the clock. Did it in both of them. Like, he just he doesn't understand it. Never has, never will. Like, he's, he's Belichick with that stuff compared to Nathaniel Hackett. But <laughs> they... What about the end of the first half? I mean, that was a disaster. I, I, you have the best player on the planet. You're, you're basically just going to, you know, run the ball and run down the clock and, and leave an opportunity. That's what the argument was about, right? Between Mahomes yeah, and yeah. the enemy. He's like, let's go to the locker room. Mahomes like, let's try to fucking score. I, I understand yeah. it a little bit more there, only because they were such a train wreck in the first half. Maybe the mindset's like, look, man, just get to halftime. We're winning. We're getting the ball. I also can see why Mahomes was pissed. Like, I kind of get both sides of that one. But defensively, like, you have a minute left. Yeah, as somebody just said in the chat here, Jeremy said, like, uh, excuse me, who was it? Somebody said it just uh, now in the chat that the defense was gassed at the end of the game. Like, call timeout. Do anything to help out your team. And the one thing, look, I'm not going to kill him for because I actually did blitz once on, on first and 20 and they got beat by it. I'm not getting on Spagnuolo. I thought he called a great game. The latter half of that game, that last I would have blitzed them out of the – I would have blitzed nine guys if I could have done it. Like Now, that being said, I'm not criticizing him. Okay, Spags called a good game. He is not part of the reason they lost that game. In fact, if anything, he was probably the best person on the sideline or the field in this game. Agreed. I think they will be fine. But offensively, they've got to figure out what their identity is and go with it. Like, whatever that is, be that. Stop dicking around with all these, like, well, you know, maybe we'll try to go with the long game. Now, oh, no, you know, now we're going to try to run with three different running backs on four plays. Now, look, what are you? That, like, I go back to them because they're the most successful team I've ever seen. The Patriots, very, like, for a few years with Moss, they would throw deep balls. That team, how often did Brady air it out when he didn't have Randy Moss? Never. That team was a seam throwing team with Gronkowski. They would get all kinds of mismatches in the slot with Edelman, and they just beat you to death with it over and over and over. Like That's what they did. You knew what was coming, but they were great at it. You couldn't stop it. 
The Chiefs should emulate that. Look, you have Kelsey. He'll beat you on any route you want to be a guy with. You have all these backs who, look, I don't think can run for crap, but can catch the ball. Use them. Throw the ball to them. Go to two back sets. Let them both swing out. Let teams try to stop you. Force their linebackers out in the coverage. Help your offensive line because now teams can't bring a whole bunch of games and they can't blitz. Like, force, you know, let Juju Smith Schuster eat on these intermediate routes. That's where he's best. Let Marquez Valdez Scantling run an eight yard slant. He's six four for crying out loud. Throw it to him. Like, but they don't do any of that. It's all this, like, let Mahomes scramble around for five seconds, and if nobody breaks open right away, it's a crap show, and hopefully it's for the best. That's not coaching. That's hope. Like, you you need to have a strategy, and if they don't have one against the Buccaneers, they're going to get their asses kicked because that team is going to come out pissed after losing today. Brady's got to be furious after the first three weeks. You've got, a, you've got a team in Tampa that might be getting a little healthier. Evans is going to be back. Julio Jones is going to be back. Like, offensively, you better execute in that game or you're going to get your ass kicked. They need to figure out what they are and stick to it and do it. And if it doesn't go well for a drive, you still need to stick with it. Yeah, another super chat from our guy, Costco. Appreciate you. My disappointment is a lot of Chiefs fans post-game not congratulating the Colts. We got that from Matt Connor. So you got one one person on this show. Um, this is not the first nor the last head-scratcher game. Go Chiefs. Agree with you, man, as has been pointed out on the show. This happens to them every year. But the last two weeks, the offense has not looked good, and I'm I'm really I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about them because they the, the schedule that they have upcoming is not favorable. And if they lost this game, they damn sure better figure it out before they go to Tampa. As Verderam put out, or God only knows what will happen to them when they play Buffalo, who even though they lost today, still racked up quite a bit of yards. Um, all right, I've got a question for you guys. Let's do another. Uh, let's do another one of these. Which name one player for you who's the most responsible for this loss and tell me why. Let's start with our guy, Matt Connor. Uh, Matt Amendola. And let me just bring up a point here. If the Chiefs knew early on that they weren't going to trust this guy to do what he apparently can't do, then why wouldn't you tell Mahomes and your entire offensive staff and philosophy, you guys have four downs to work with every time? I mean, like, just go all in. You guys have all four downs, and and we're we're going all in with that mentality because we can't trust this kicker who someone signed and made us have to work with on the sideline. So, um, I, you know, I'm blaming Amendola for taking up a roster spot, for taking up any hope, something. Um, yeah, that'd be my answer. All right, Adam Best. I'm going to go Orlando Brown. Uh, you know, you can't you can't make your contract sort of the story of the summer wanting to be the highest paid tackle in the league and then get blown up by Yannick Ngakwe. You just, you can't do that. He's not playing well enough for the money he wanted. There's no other way to put it. And either he's going to have to step up and improve during the you know, course of the season, or we may have a, a situation at left tackle. Arrowhead Attic member Jess Ferris says uh, Sky Moore, uh, he fumbled a punt and had no business fielding. He had no business fielding, then almost did it a second time. Uh, yeah, and put us in a hole. Uh, agree with you, Jess. All right, Sterling, who's your, who's your, who's your GOAT? I was going to say the Arizona field for taking Bucker from us, but since it's not a player, I guess I'll have to go with an actual player. It's between two guys, Mahomes and Chris Jones. 
I'm going to go with with Mahomes, though, in this one. This is tough for me. But if you're getting paid half a billion dollars, if you're known to be the best quarterback in the NFL and the best player in the NFL, you got to hit MVS in that streak. You got to play better. You got to find a way to get it done. It's not like Aaron Rodgers, for example, is playing with a a great wide receiving corp there, and he hasn't for the majority of his career. He's at Devontae Adams, and that's basically it. But what he does is elevates the guys around him. He finds guys he trusts and makes it work. This is easier or, or earlier on in the season for Mahomes. He's not had a lot of time with Juju MVS, but you've worked a lot with McColl. Find what he does well and, and hit him. Like you, you are a half billion dollar quarterback. You are the best player in the NFL, but he did not show it today. This has to be on Mahomes. Yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, you take away that that scramble from Juju Smith-Schuster, the pass to Juju Smith-Schuster, and Mahomes is sitting here with 209 yards uh, throwing the ball in this game. His average looks a lot worse. Um, Verderam, who you got? Well, I can't give a coach, apparently, because uh, it's about the player. So Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't the worst player on the field. Okay, far from it. But when you are that great of a player, you need to elevate your team to score more than three points in the second half of the game. I don't care that the Colts made a play here, a play there. Like There were multiple throws he missed that were poor throws. And let's come on. And he would tell you that. Like he missed some throws he should have made, you know, now did Kelsey drop a touchdown pass? Yeah, he did. You got to overcome that stuff. You're playing a team you should be beating by two touchdowns. Like this is not, this is not crazy to sit there and say, come on, like Mahomes has to play better than that. And people will say, well, you know, I threw for 265 yards, whatever it was. He was not good in this game. Anybody watched this game, he, he needs to elevate them in games like this. When you have a coach, that is not particularly putting together a great game plan. When you have a when you have a kicker who you know can't kick worth a damn, like yeah, you've got to convert third and ones and third and sevens and third and threes. Like you do, and you know we can talk about the offensive line all day, and I'm here for it. Okay, the offensive line not play well. Although I will say this, I actually thought the interior was fine. It was more the tackles in this game. This might surprise people. Mahomes was sacked one time. He was hit five times. Matt Ryan was hit ten times and sacked five times. Like. I get it. It wasn't ideal, but it also wasn't like Mahomes was just being plastered to the ground every play. Like he got hit five times. I mean, you got to overcome. Like this is the NFL. It's not perfect. You got to overcome that sometimes. There were plenty of times Mahomes had time and he made a bad throw. That that's reality. And when you are that great of a player, you need to be able to sometimes pull these games out of the fire. And he's done it a lot in his career. Okay, he's done it. All, he's proven it many times. He can do it. Today, he didn't, and I think of all the players, while he maybe wasn't the worst guy on the field, he was the one who played furthest below the expectations that everybody has of him. Agreed. There's a lot of ways I could go with this one. There's a lot of players who did a lot of bad things. There's a lot of coaches who did a lot of bad things in this game. Um, when I just, But when I think about it and I think who is the most responsible for this Chiefs loss, it comes down to one moment to me, and that is Chris Jones, friend of the show, running his mouth on a look, man. And he said it after the game credit to Chris Jones. He stood up there. He took the heat. He didn't, he didn't, you know, run out of the locker room, go get on the bus. He stood there. I saw him answering questions in a couple of different places actually. And he said, I got to do better. It's, I got to know the situation. I'm a veteran. I'm, I'm supposed to be a leader. That was it, man. Like, the chiefs almost certainly win the game at that point. There was enough time on a clock. The, 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 the Colts probably punt it away. The chiefs get the ball back. They run out the clock. Mahomes scrambles around, gets the first downs they need. 
That is just, you've got to know the situation. You just made a huge play. They're driving on you. Your defense shows up big. You get off the, off the field and you, you, you can't help yourself. You got to run your mouth. You got to say something to Matt Ryan. And now your team loses the game and you got to sit there on the bench and you got to watch it happen. For me, that kind of stuff is inexcusable. Like I, I almost want Travis Kelsey, but I'm like, you know what? You're out there. You're playing the game. It, it's not the easiest catch in the world. Back shoulder. You're in the air. You're in the back of the end zone. There's a defender between you and the ball. You know, you can't, you can fall. You can't, it's hard to fault guys. Sometimes you just don't make the play, but something that happens after the play, after it's over, that's an unforced error, man. As Sterling Holmes would say, that's two scoops of ass. I love people saying you can't show emotion. I'm with you. Like it, it probably shouldn't be called, but don't oh, yes. even oh, sure. put yourself in that position. Sure, yeah. the face mask on Mahomes where the flag was thrown and picked up. Yeah, that should be called. Doesn't mean that Chris Jones can then say whatever he wants. Don't even put yourself in that position. There's no reason for it. They're punting. Your play is speaking for it for itself. You're not playing well offensively. The game should be over. They're punting. Boom. You're 3-0. Move on. Whatever you have to say, it is not worth it. And somehow it woke Matt Ryan in that offense up. Whatever whatever he said, obviously woke that offense up for the Colts because they were on fire after that. It's just you cannot have that happen. You can't put yourself in that position if you are the best player on the defense. If you want to be a leader, you just can't have that happen. Also, it should be said, we don't know what he said. Like, I, I'm not here to defend or criticize the call. But first of all, I agree with Sterling. Like, you know what, man? You put yourself in that position. To say it's it's I I don't know what he said. He might have said something that he deserved it. Like he he didn't say what he said after the game. He's like, oh, I don't remember what I said. Okay, fine. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But I don't know what he said. Maybe he said something that absolutely shouldn't have been called. Maybe he said something that absolutely should have been called. You don't know, and I'm not going to pretend I do know. So you know what? If I here's what I here's what I do know. If he doesn't say anything, the Colts are punting the ball. That's it. And we're talking about Nick Bolton because he got a second sack of the day. And, you know, right. it was this breakout star that looks like Mike Singletary out there. And, and it's a completely different discussion. But, but it was one play. And I think what we're seeing here is that so many Chiefs didn't have their head in the game or didn't bring their A game or had – they just didn't look like they, uh, they kind of played down to the level of their competition today is sort of how I felt about it. So we could name like 30 guys in this segment. Yeah. And, but I'll say this about the rule. It is a bullshit rule. And I'm not making an excuse for the chiefs. You got to know the rules. And, but like games, NFL games should not be being decided on whether or not somebody's fucking feelings got hurt. Right. Like I actually had this guy who tweeted me, you know, I was like, you know, bad, bad move by Chris Jones. And he's like, what's the big deal? He's like, if they don't like it, they can go play baseball. And I was like, do you know what doesn't happen in baseball? If you talk shit to somebody, they don't award the team, the, the other team, another out. They're like, oh, that, that guy just hurt your feelings. You get four outs this inning. That's what happens at the NFL. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And games should not be decided in that way. Fine them. Come up with some other way to punish them. Throw them out of the game. Like, you want to throw them out of the game for, for doing something like that? Fine. But, like, giving a team unearned yardage because somebody hurt their feelings, it's ridiculous. I, I hear you, but you know what, man? I, I don't know what he said to him. And I agree with you, like all the hurt feeling stuff. But you know what? That's the rules of the game. You know that is the rule. Like, you know, like I give him—I forget which one of you guys said it, but it's true. Like, give him credit. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is in fine form early. He just almost threw a pick and then got a ball batted down at the line. Um, well, he's real—he's rolling early on. But 
I know it's one of you guys said it, but it's true. Like, look, I give Chris Jones a lot of credit for standing up after the game and talking. There are plenty of guys who wouldn't have done it. They would have just sit they would have sat at their locker and turned their back and they would have talked to anybody. And he took credit for accountability for it. Like, fine. He is a veteran. He's not a rookie. He knows better. Like, you can't do it. But to me, as bad as that play was, and as critical as it was, it's one play. Mahomes had a litany of plays today that he'd want back, right? I mean, the, the, the coaching today, how many plays were you like, what are you doing? Why, like Orlando Brown Jr., who, by the way, after three games so far, maybe should have taken that offer. Um, I mean, it's just, look, like you you have to play better. Jones and Kelsey each had one bad play, and they were huge plays. But I can I can get over that easier than I can a guy who has 15 bad plays. That, to me, is, is harder to swallow. Well, look, there was some good, as we've mentioned, and unfortunately was erased in, in some of these moments uh, by Chris Jones, but the defense. So I wanted to ask you guys, let's start with you, Matt Connor. How good can this defense be? I mean, because when we were sitting here preseason, we were like, you know, the Chiefs offense will probably be fine. A lot of veteran guys, defense, a lot of young guys might take a little time for it to come along. Well, we were wrong on that one. Um, how good can these guys be? Yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at one of the NFL's 10 best units when uh, when they're healthy, right? Willie Gay is is better than any linebacker on the field today in terms of being well-rounded, um, although Nick Bolton is obviously surprising all of us with how good he's becoming and not just being sort of the one-trick pony coming into the league that, that people paint him out to be. Uh, you know, I think McDuffie is going to raise the ceiling of that secondary when he's healthy in, in a major way. Um, you know, and I think Chris Jones, uh, is awesome. Despite what all you guys say, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, he doesn't No, he doesn't deserve, uh, whatever. I'm not going to go back over that whole discussion, but I got shut out of that discussion and, and disagree fervently with all of you. So, um, well, well, no, go, go, go ahead. No, no, no one's shutting you out. No, we have, we have a lot of mouths to feed on this, on this panel. We're not Matt being passive aggressive, Matt. Come on, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's, no, what's, no. What, what's your take? Let's go. No, that's my middle name, but no, that's fine. I, 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 back to your question. I think this defense can be really exceptional, except certainly in the second and third levels. I think in this first level, I want to see, I love 10 and five on the Colts today, hits and sacks. I'd like to see it not just on the Colts. Um, you know, I'd like to see this sort of performance. I mean, look, the Bucks have taken a lot of losses on their offensive front too. Um, you know, in terms of Jensen, like I think I think like three or four guys are are out or missing or in some way from last year, backups and starters. So, you know, we could see this again, but um, yeah, I, I love them. There's a lot of growth ahead with a lot of guys coming back. Sterling? Is this going to be a, a top 10 unit when McDuffie and Willie Gay Jr. get back on the field? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was somebody who said this was going to take way longer than, than what we've seen so far. Jalen Watson has impressed me beyond anything I could have ever expected from him. Yeah, Rashad Fitton has been a disappointment. I thought Fitton's had a very decent start to his career, you know, average, slightly above average, obviously good for a sixth rounder. But if he's a starting cornerback, he's been serviceable. This season's been. Very, very poor for him. Whenever McDuffie comes back, that puts him to the bench, or at least in a slight rotational role for him with Watson, Legereus, Sneed, and McDuffie. That's a very good corner group. Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed have been pretty solid. We haven't seen a ton of them, but every time we hear their name called, typically it's for a good thing. Uh, linebacking core, I trust. And then defensive line's been a up-and-down mixed bag. 
Chris Jones obviously is a very good defensive tackle, no matter what we say about that penalty. Frank Clark had a sack today. If he can still bring some pressure occasionally at the game, that's a huge plus. And then Dunlap, honestly, I don't know what's the number eight on a defense alignment, which makes him look faster, but he looks like he's still in shape at his age. He, he looks like he's making plays out there. And Carl Loftus is a week one, game one ready rookie. I've been very enthused by how quickly this defense has has grown so far. I know it's the fucking Colts, but still, that's an NFL team. That's a veteran quarterback. The receivers did a great job in the second half, at least getting open and making tough catches. Jonathan Taylor is known as one of the best, if not the best running back in the NFL, and they stopped him. This defense looks legit. Adam Best? It's going to come down to cornerback play. I think today we saw Rashad Fenton get picked on again a little bit, especially in the first half. Uh, Jalen Watson, who I've been impressed with, but he's still a seventh rounder and Alex, uh, Alec, not Alec, uh, Alec Pierce was uh, kind of having his way with him a little bit, mossed him a few times. So I think what we have right now is we have kind of uh, everyone is playing one spot above where they should be. And if McDuffie comes back and can really give us a solid CB one, then you have Sneed playing CB two, you have Watson maybe a more natural CB three and then Fenton is good depth. Uh, so it's going to come down to how good can Trent McDuffie be? How, how quickly can he come back? Can he be healthy? And can the other guys hang in there? I've been impressed with Sneed though. I think Sneed is uh, just all over the field. Terrific blitzer has just has an innate feel for the game. So I, I think it really comes down to the secondary. The, the, uh, the safeties look good so far. Nothing special, but I think Reed and Thornhill have been uh, – they certainly haven't been glaring weaknesses. There's probably been more good than bad there. Ferdinand? I think the Chiefs defense looks great. I mean, that, that hasn't been a problem. Yeah, I've seen some people say, like, well, you know, the front four has not been good. The front four is out-pressuring everybody else in the NFL by, like, 20 smod pressures. They have 10 sacks. They're on pace for, like, 58 sacks. What do you want from them? Like, I, and they played two very mobile quarterbacks today. When they didn't, they hit Ryan like it was like it was a pinata all day long. I mean, they, he, they killed him. So, fumbled twice. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for from the defense. They didn't even go up 260 yards today. I mean, they were great. They shut down Jonathan Taylor. Nobody's been able to run on him at all. You know, Herbert had an okay day against them. Murray did nothing. Ryan did nothing. I don't know what else you could possibly ask for. And they get McDuffie and Gay back. If they're healthy at that point, they're going to be pretty damn tough to beat defensively because they got, I'll tell you, Bolton is, Bolton, I don't know if it'll be this year. Bolton might be an all pro at some point in his career. Like the guy is just all over the field. By the way, we haven't mentioned them because they lost, whatever. Darius Harris played really well today. Everybody's so worried about Willie Gay going on. I'm not saying he's Willie Gay. He had 13 tackles. He played his ass off. He played a really, really strong game. I thought he got burnt early. He did get burnt early on the the play at the goal line. Dude, that tackle for loss on JT though, he was awesome. He said, "I thought he settled in though after that after getting burned." Everybody was like, "Oh, we'll see." Dunlap Dunlap looks great. Say whatever you want. Frank Clark looked good today. He's played well. I know he's got He's got to prove it week after week after week. Fair enough. But he played well today. Jones for for his idiotic penalty. He played very well throughout the game. Carl Loftus didn't have a sack again, but again, he's played really well. And how many times did Jalen Watson get beat today? I don't even think it was once. So you've got to feel – look, that is, that is the one silver lining coming out of this game. 
they are really good defensively. Now they got to figure it out on offense. The good news is you have Patrick Mahomes. Like the, the bet is obvious if you think they'll be able to figure out offensively. So, you know, look, their defense is really good. It could be a top five to 10 unit in the NFL. It really could be. Now they need their offense to step it up. By the way, Denver is just giving it up as we speak. You guys actually, from the time I didn't talk to the time I talked again, Den- they went to commercial on Sunday Night Football. They came back. Denver went three and out, punted, and went to commercial. Okay, so Denver, I, I think, had the ball for about a, about eight seconds on their first drive. So things are going well for them. Uh, under the radar, sneaky good Chiefs defender this year, Colin Saunders. He saw it in the preseason. He shows up again today, eight total tackles. That's huge when you're trying to stop Jonathan Taylor. Two quarterback hits. Really starting to find a stride. I'm really excited for that guy. And one rep at fullback. And one rep at fullback. Did a pretty good job. Did a pretty good job. Didn't score on that one, though. Um, all right, look, I've got uh, a little bit of, uh, of hardware I need to give out here. Um, got a few awards. Got to give out. And, boy, I got to tell you, I hate giving this, this award out when I have to give it to a Chiefs player. The Damian McIntosh Turnstile Award for Blocking Ineptness goes to Orlando Brown Jr. Sorry, man. After Oof. all that in the offseason, everything – you got to show up. You got to play better than that. Not a good performance from you. I still believe in you. Good young player, but tonight wasn't your night. Award number two. Give me the envelope here. This one is a new one. Never had this one before. Hope we never have it again. The Lynn Elliott Award for horrendous kicking versus the Indianapolis Colts goes to Matt Amendola. Congratulations, Matt. I hope we never see you on the field for the Chiefs again. Good luck in the gym. You see, his, he's, he's in shape, that guy. Dude, his biceps. Yeah, he's working out with hockey. League. Maybe if he spent as much time. Thomas Jones games. biceps, right? Those are Thomas yeah. Jones-esque. Tom, Tom, no, he's Tom Jones is like the Hulk. And then the last one, and this one really hurts me to, to give this one out. The Demetrius Harris Stone Hands Award for dropping touchdown passes goes to Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry, Trav. We needed that one, man. We needed that one. Um, th- that'll be the last time you hear the words Demetrius Harris and Travis Kelsey in the same sentence. <laughs> the one thing I will say for Travis Kelsey, just to give the dude some credit, he tweeted out post game, Casey, you deserve better out of me. Should have put the game away when I had the chance. Has- hats off to the Colts. They got us back to work ASAP. I know it's just words and what matters is coming down with that ball. But the fact that a Hall of Famer is recognizing what went wrong, saying that's on me when so many other aspects of that game went awry and Travis Kelsey, the one saying, you know what, we win that game if I make that catch, that, that's leadership right there. That's someone owning up. And we mentioned with Chris Jones, even with that penalty, Chris Jones coming out and saying, you know what, I can't have that happen. That's on me. That's what veteran leadership looks like. Those are actions. And, and frankly, that's what a, a good team, a championship caliber team does. I agree, man. I mean, Chris Jones did it. Travis Kelsey did it. I'm sure I haven't seen Mahomes at the podium. I'm sure he did it. Those are your guys. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta set the tone for everybody else. They gotta let the Sky Moors know that, hey man, just you know, take own up. And yeah, but move what? On. What about the coaches? I mean, maybe we shouldn't be playing our rookies who are trying to make things happen and earn more playing time, returning kicks. It obviously wasn't working today. Just fun. Um, you know what? I I will actually say this though. Like, I was glad they went back to Sky Moore. You can't kill the kid's confidence. He returned the ball really well the first two weeks of the year. And by the way, he had a good return in, in the second half of the game. I know what you mean. 
But like, just throw the ball to him, you know, just get his ball. That would be great. That'd be great. But apparently, yeah. that's never going to happen. So I, I, that would be great. Um, but you know, why use a guy you drafted with a top fifty-five pick on offense when when you can throw the ball to the ground over and over and over? The bottom, by the way, the Broncos are down seven nothing. The, the Niners just went down the field like Denver wasn't even on it. So Nathaniel Hackett, baby. Oh, oh, beautiful. Best best move the Chiefs made all offseason was letting him go to Denver. You know what? All this being said, as bad as this was, if they win in Tampa next week, like you move on and all is forgiven. If they lose that game, now you're two and two and you're fighting. The best thing that's happened to them is the division. Everybody lost today. The Bills lost today. I've seen people say, like, well, the Bills look great in their loss. That's nice. They lost. I mean, who cares? You know, like, like if the Chiefs looked great today and lost, I'd be walking around feeling better about it. Like, they lost. And now Buffalo's got to go play Baltimore. It's just not going to be an easy task in Baltimore. Look, go on the road and beat Tampa. Tampa's offense is a friggin' disaster right now. Like, go out, hold them under 20 points, and the offense needs to figure it out. The, the the big, as you always say, Patrick, the big 30,000-foot view of this, they're fine. Like, where they sit, they're fine. They're first in their division. The only team that doesn't have a loss is Miami. Miami's going to lose some games. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Look, the bigger concern right now is this offense has to figure itself out. The special teams, when Bucker comes back, that'll take care of itself. Like, they'll be fine kicking the ball. That'll, that'll go away. This offense needs to figure it out. But again, you start out with what is a very talented offensive line. Mahomes, Kelsey... Like, you should be able to figure this out, even if it takes a few weeks. So hopefully they win against Tampa. If they do and they're 3-1, and one, everybody in the world would have taken it to start the year. But they got to win that game. They got to they go out there and they got to find a way to win that game. Excellent points. Look, all of you should be watching when, when this is over. Watching Sunday Night Football, rooting really hard for the 49ers right now because if they win and they beat Denver, essentially nothing changes for the Chiefs in their, in their quest for the division. And in the AFC, what, okay, so now they fell behind Miami. All right, well, we'll see how long Miami is able to continue playing at this level. Maybe they'll keep it up all year, and maybe they'll be the one seed. But we'll find out. Remember, it's a long season. Remember how the Chiefs started last year. They looked utterly miserable. I bet against them with Sterling Holmes and said I thought they were going to lose to Green Bay. They won, and I had to stone cold two beers on this podcast. There's a famous... Uh, a famous uh, gif of it, the emojis. Um, so we'll see, hopefully I don't get myself into that situation uh, again this year, or maybe for your sake, hopefully I do. Um, all right, any closing thoughts? Let's, let's leave, I have a request, let's leave the Arrowhead Addict listeners with some hope as we walk away from this, just like we all, I know we all want to burn the tape. I know nobody, none of you guys are going to go and rewatch that one. Um, Matt Connor, why don't you kick us off? Any hope for the for the listeners as we prepare to get out of here? Uh, man, I was thinking opposite. Um, there, I mean, yeah, oh, you're right. Like, yeah, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs were the better team. They they committed endless gaffes. You replay this game, the Chiefs win nine out of ten times. You know for sure. I like you know whatever. I I get that. If there's a little negative side, I'll just say, if this is what we saw after ten days of rest, we didn't talk about that aspect. And that's a little disconcerting to me that this was the response. Like if you would have said this was a response on a short week, I'd say, Oh yeah, I get it. All these mistakes, all these mental errors, all these, whatever. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond emotionally coming out of this with that embarrassment sort of like as they want to get rid of it. All right. Um, Let's kick it to Adam best. I think the AFC West being billed as this murderous row and turning out to 
looked pretty mediocre through three weeks. The Broncos look awful. The Raiders might even look worse. I think we could have finished ahead of those two teams with Chad Henney playing quarterback. And then the Chargers are they're in an emergency room right now. They are having one of these seasons that uh, is kind of reminiscent of what happened to the Ravens last year. They're just falling apart. So this division is still ours to win like it has been the six previous seasons. Uh, there are some good teams in the AFC. And Baltimore looks really good too. But when the Chiefs are at their best, they're as good as anybody. And I think they can go down to, to uh, next week's on the road, right? Yeah. They can go about down to Tampa and handle their business, and we'll forget about this game just like all the other bad games against the Colts in the past that we've – it's like a curse or something, you know? It is like a curse. And to your point about the Chargers being a being a mash unit, it's like that for them every year. Whoever put the curse on the Chiefs that they could never beat Indianapolis put the same curse on the Chargers. Must have been must have been Al Davis. If anybody Their sold the ball, the devil was that guy. You know what I think yeah. it is though? I think it's all that preseason hype. Yeah. You, you were talking about our offensive line, you know, us kind of having groupthink. The group think about the Chargers being the best team since the 2000 Rams just got a little out of control. Yeah, it looks that way. Of course, though, Justin Herbert is broken in half. Verderam, uh, any uh, any pleasant thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, look, so first of all, it starts with the throw I just saw Russell Wilson make, which was worse than anything Mahomes did all day. He had a third and two, and Alberto about as open as anybody could ever be, six yards in front of him, and Wilson threw it straight into the ground. So the, the, the Broncos just punted. Because uh, Mr. Unbelievably Limited uh, with two, three and outs to start this game. Yeah, well, but in all seriousness, like, yes. I mean, the division's not that good. Denver stinks. The Raiders are not good. The Chargers, I think, are de- are, like, are good if they're healthy. But as Adam just brought up, like, they're all hurt. And you look at them and it's like, it, it, it kind of just feels like the Chargers, doesn't it? Where you look at them and you're like, yeah, they should be a lot better than they are. And by the way, this is a weird thing to say. And I don't want this to sound like I'm giving the Chiefs now because God knows I haven't over the last hour and I'm not doing it now. That game against the Colts was flukish in this regard. The Chiefs couldn't have been a bigger crap show. I mean, just could not have been. And they still almost won the game. The Chargers got their asses kicked. Now, I, and that, and people say, well, Jacksonville is good. First of all, we don't know that Jacksonville is good. Second of all, okay, Jacksonville is better than Indianapolis maybe. Jacksonville is not like a, a bona fide contender here. And you're down 38 to 10 in your own building. I don't care who's hurt. That's an embarrassment, okay? So that's number one. Number two, their defense is really good. Like Kansas City's defense is actually really good. And if it's going to be this good now, it should only get better later with all these young kids. So if you – look, this this could turn around very, very quickly if they can figure out some staples on their offense and get that in sync. And I'm saying, like, this could turn around. They're two and one. Like, the the upside is, look, go beat Tampa and everybody's happy. You're three and one, which anybody in their mother would have taken after the first four weeks. And you go play the Raiders, who at home, like, you should trounce. You know, of course, they got to do it, but they should. So I really feel like, look, it's an awful loss, and they deserve to be pounded on for this loss. And we just did it for an hour. But, like, in the totality of things, how worried am I that Mahomes isn't going to figure it out all year long? Not worried. How worried am I that these receivers are just going to stink? Not really worried. Like, Valdez Scantling's been a good player in his career, and Juju actually had 90 yards today. Like, not that terrified about it. I think they will figure this out. I don't know if it's coming next week. I don't know if it takes to the bye, but I think they will figure it out. I truly do. And when they do, with this defense and this division, I think they'll be just fine. 
I want to give Sterling Holmes the last word here, so I'm going to go next. I'll just say this. One, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Two, the schedule. We all know the Chiefs had a tough schedule. Go ahead and look at the schedule now. Now that we've got a couple weeks under the season, look at the games after Buffalo. San Francisco with Jimmy G. Eh. Tennessee hasn't looked particularly good. Jacksonville looks better than they did. You get the Chargers again. The Bengals have not been great this season. Houston, Seattle, Denver twice, and Vegas. So you can see a situation here where the Chiefs are, you know, four and three or something like that, and they get on a run at the second half of the season. I think that's what we're going to have, and I think it's going to come right at the time where the offense is starting to gel, where the defense is really getting good because the young guys are or got the reps under their belt. So I'm excited for the future. I'm optimistic about this team as bad as they look today. All right, Sterling, have at it, brother. As a Mizzou fan, I want so bad to say burn everything to the ground, riot, start shit, drink pints of, mar- uh, pints of martinis like me. Please drink responsibly. Uh, no, I'm just I'm not that worried. Nick Bolton looked incredible. This defense looks legit. If they gel this early, I trust Mahomes and the superstars to turn it around. Travis Kelsey, I don't expect him to be Demetrius Harris. Harrison Bucker is worth seven points in this game. It is what it is. This happens every single year. The Chiefs lose a game or two where you go, why the fuck did they lose this game? It just happens. They'll be, they'll be fine. Even if they're 11-6, and six, which is what I said, that's a playoff team. That's a playoff team. That might be second best, third best in the AFC at this point. It's fine. Let's relax. R-E-L-A-X. Take a step back. Drink a KC beer. Throw some darts. Root for the Niners. Go Chiefs. <laughs> I love it, man. Very well put. Listen, one more time. If you want to hang out with us this week, we're going to be in the Discord. We're going to be in the Discord tonight for the rest of Sunday Night Football. Hanging out. Consider becoming a member. We're not just doing a Chiefs podcast here. We're building a Chiefs community. It's in the comments on Arrowhead Addict. It's in the private members only Discord for the podcast. It's on YouTube. We'd love to get to know more of you. Hang out with you in the Discord. So check that out. We've got merch. It's all there. The links are in the description. But please make sure you're reading Arrowhead Addict every day where Matt Connor does an absolutely tremendous job. Our first newsletter from Adam Best for members only will be coming out this week. He'll also be doing posts on the site as well. I'm very excited to see his name there on the site once again. All right. That's all the business. We're brought to you by Kansas City Beer. Make sure you give him a shout out on Twitter at KC Beer Co. Deep breath, everyone. We're two and one. We're in first place no matter what happens tonight. We'll see you next week. And until then, as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.